We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, spring practice starts later this month for Dan Lanning and the Oregon Ducks, which prompts some interesting questions. One of those questions, which redshirt freshman could step up for the Oregon Ducks in 2023? That's our focus on today's episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast. And we're back like we never left. Oregon fans, what's going on? Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast. I'm your host, Max Torres, publisher and lead editor of Ducks Digest, covering the Oregon Ducks over on Fan Nation, part of the Sports Illustrated Network. Happy, as always, to have you along for another episode, talking some duck football today with spring football, you know, on the horizon. It's getting closer by the day. Uh, It might be snowing in Eugene or in parts of Oregon uh, lately, but spring football is getting closer, believe it or not. Before we get into today's episode, friendly reminder to like, comment, and subscribe wherever you're listening or viewing today's episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast. If you're listening, you can find us on your podcasting platform of choice, or if you're watching on YouTube, you can find us at Oregon Football Max Taurus. Greatly appreciate all of the support. And uh, also wanted to put out there today, if you are watching on YouTube, go ahead and uh, leave me a question. If you're looking to have a question answered on a future episode of the podcast, what I'm kind of trying to do is engage with you guys, the audience, the listeners on a more regular basis, and um, incorporate some of your questions into a future episode. You know, maybe we have a a future mailbag episode. I know I put some calls out on Twitter to uh, get some questions, but I, I don't always get a lot of responses. So I'm going to open up YouTube comments for future questions for the pod. And, um, you know, if I like your question, uh, I'm going to do my best to answer it on a future episode. So make sure you guys like, comment, and subscribe as always. So let's hop into today's episode talking about which red shirt freshman will step up for Oregon in 2023. Figured this was a good question as spring football gets closer and you look for those guys that were recruited to Oregon, specifically in the 2022 class, Dan Lanning's first recruiting class as a head coach, first recruiting class uh, at Oregon. So let's kind of just before we dive into this episode, just lay out the parameters, some important information to know as we go about discussing which redshirt freshman could step up for the Ducks in 2023. So the redshirt rule with college football means four games or fewer. Uh, that's how you you know ultimately decide if a player is eligible to utilize a redshirt. 
And we're looking today exclusively at players from the 2022 class that played four games or less, or there's one player here that has kind of a special instance, but four games or less to hold on to that redshirt year uh, basically means they had very little to almost no role last year uh, to kind of put it bluntly. And then now we're looking into 2023 for those guys that could step up and maybe have a bigger role on this team in 2023. So first we're going to go through uh, the guys in the 2022 class for Oregon that are going to be true sophomores now, meaning that they played more than those five, the, more than those four games as true freshmen with the ducks. So they in effect burned their red shirt seasons, uh, at least as true freshmen, I guess they could, they could hypothetically redshirt later on down the line. You know, if there's an injury, we never want to hope for injuries, knock on wood there. Um, or, uh, you know, they're, they already kind of carved out some roles. So you figure their role is only going to get bigger as, uh, as the years go on during their times at Oregon. So a couple of freshmen really stood out last year in, you know, kind of regular appearances and key contributors in some aspects. The one right off the bat that makes the most sense was uh, Josh Connerly Jr., He's not. He did not redshirt last year, so he's not going to be a redshirt freshman. He's going to be a true sophomore after appearing in all 13 games for Dan Lynn and the Oregon Ducks in 2022 as a true freshman on Adrian Clem's offensive line. Most notably, was featured in that 14J jumbo package that had, um, you know, all the tight ends, uh, more or less. You know, I formation Jordan James uh, as a short yardage back, true freshman. Going to talk a little bit about him later on, but Josh Connerly is a guy who played uh, a whole lot of football as a true freshman, and, and that's good for Oregon because he was the number one offensive tackle in the 2022 class, uh, and he got to Oregon, uh, I guess you could say, as a little bit of a later addition because I believe he didn't commit until it was April of 2022. It was a very late commitment past the re traditional recruiting headlines, recruiting deadlines, I should say. Uh, Huge recruiting win for Dan Lanning there over the USC Trojans and Lincoln Riley down in Los Angeles. So Josh Connerly was pretty much a stud as a true freshman, even caught a touchdown pass on his birthday against the Colorado Buffaloes on the road. So uh, that was a cool little tidbit, cool little note. And then another guy that I just mentioned, Jordan James. No Jordan James as far as redshirt freshman goes. He played in nine of 13 games as a true freshman, recording 46 carries for 189 yards and five rushing touchdowns. And here's an interesting little fact that I found this morning when I was researching for this episode, getting prepped to come on here on the Ducks Dish podcast. Jordan James' five rushing touchdowns were the most by a true freshman Oregon running back since Royce Freeman had 18 as a true freshman in 2014. You'll recall that... That season, I believe he was a Doak Walker Award finalist. Uh, Oregon went to the uh, the very first college football playoff where they got a win over Florida State and Jameis Winston in the Rose Bowl. That was Marcus Mariota's Heisman season, and they had a deadly backfield. Um, the Ducks did in 2014, big season. Obviously, we all know how that ended, losing in the national championship to Ohio State, but we don't have to focus on that. Jordan James had a, a pretty sizable role, especially in a loaded backfield um, and all the key contributors return in 2023. You got Bucky Irving, Noah Whittington, Jordan James was that number three guy, and they're going to be joined by Dante Dowdell, one of the top recruits in Mississippi in 2023, as well as Jaden Lamar from Lake Stevens, Washington. He was a late flip from Notre Dame during the early signing period. If you guys will recall the, the drama, the fireworks during the early signing period for the Ducks. 
Then you also have Jaleel Florence, uh, a cornerback from San Diego, Lincoln High School. Uh, a little bit of a, a pipeline, you could say, you know, um, a big school for Oregon and Dan Lanning out in the San Diego area. He played in eight of 13 games as a true freshman, so he's not going to be redshirting. He was probably, you could say, without a stretch, the most promising freshman, true freshman defensive back for the Ducks in 2013. You also have defensive back Kamari Terrell from the 2022 class. He was a late addition out of the state of Texas. He played in 10 of 13 games as a true freshman. Uh, definitely a guy who was like Florence, kind of um, sought after by college programs across the country for his size and speed. He was a track guy. I know that the uh, the previous Oregon staff, uh, you know, last year you could say the staff that recruited him obviously featured Matt Pallage from the state of Texas. They liked him for his versatility, and and we'll see what kind of role he plays next year. Two more guys that uh, are not going to be able to redshirt: No Ben Roberts. He's a, a, a defensive lineman out of the state of Utah. He played in five games as a true freshman. And then no Dave Uli. He appeared in five games as a true freshman along the offensive line as well. So now we have all those guys who are not redshirt freshmen, and they're kind of, in a sense, not going to be considered for a true freshmen that could take a step forward, uh, you know, play a role for Oregon in, in 2023. A bigger role, I guess you could say, since we're just focusing on redshirt freshmen. So now that we got that out of the way, we can talk about the guys that I do think are going to step up as redshirt freshmen for the Ducks in 2023. And right at the top of the list, I feel like this one's pretty obvious, but I've been talking about him for uh, you know the past couple of weeks. There's been some buzz around him. I'm going to go wide receiver Kyler Casper. Kyler Casper is a special kind of talent and a very unique one in Junior Adams's wide receiver room out there in Eugene. Six foot six, 200 pounds, all-American guy out of high school out of the state of Arizona. Reclassified from 2023 to 2022. So he got to college a whole year earlier than he was initially planning. And that's becoming more common in college football, but that doesn't mean it's always an easy transition for guys. Um, I, the first guy that I really saw do this, that kind of made national news and, and, you know, maybe was a trendsetter, you could say to a degree was quarterback JT Daniels, uh, who was at modern day out in Santa Ana out here in Southern California when he initially committed to USC and reclassified. So Kyler Casper, three games as a true freshman at Oregon. So he's able to keep that red shirt, um, I think he's probably the the mo one of the most physically gifted, one of the most athletic wide receivers in Oregon's room. Now he has a whole year of, of college football underneath his belt, uh, getting used to the college life, the what it's like, the demands of being a college student athlete. And now he's going to have his first full offseason uh, at the college level. So I think that he's a guy who is really primed to take a big step forward in his development uh, under Junior Adams, who is definitely proving his worth as both a recruiter, landing Kyler Casper after joining Dan Lane's staff, and as an on-field coach. Oregon's wide receivers really took a, a nice leap forward last year, as did really the whole offense, going from a, a ground-and-pound, smash-you-in-the-mouth offense, you know, run-heavy in 2022, 2021 excuse me, under Mario Cristobal, to really a balanced attack, and I think featuring the right mixture of run and pass that, that Dan Lanning and then obviously Kenny Dillingham, who's now at Arizona State, wanted to see. 
And now you have Kyler Casper in a room that has some really good veterans, proven production. We're talking Troy Franklin, who had a breakout year last year in 2022 as Oregon's leading and wide receiver. And you also have Chris Hudson, who was a, a really viable option in the slot for the Ducks. He's just getting better as uh, as time goes on. And then you have some new guys that join this room, right? Treshawn Holden comes over from Alabama. I uh, talked about uh, kind of him in the headlines recently with him being dismissed and then reinstated after all charges were dropped. Uh, so great to have Treshawn Holden back on this roster for the wide receivers in 2023. But Kyler Casper is someone that I think could definitely find his way into the rotation in 2023 because of his size and skill and athletic ability. I just feel like he gives Oregon a different look that not many of these wide receivers on the roster necessarily can. I think Dante Thornton was obviously a similar comp last year, but uh, he really only found his way onto the field after Chase Coda got hurt, Oregon's number two wide receiver from last year. So your closest comp to Kyler Casper is now playing across the country in the SEC at Tennessee. Um, I think that's definitely one of the most notable losses for Oregon this past offseason, this offseason in the transfer portal, because Dante Thornton had some really big plays for the Ducks down the stretch. Touchdowns against Washington, Utah, lots of big plays. I think he's going to do great things over there. But fortunately for, for Oregon and Junior Adams, you have Kyler Casper waiting in the wings. He's a freak athlete, you know, highlight machine in high school, whether we're talking Friday Night Lights or we're talking the the seven-on-seven circuit with, uh, I think it was Tucson Turf, uh, is, is was what his seven-on-seven team was called. So Kyler Casper has a world of potential. He's going to be more comfortable in year two with the Ducks, and I think that he is definitely primed to make a breakout, uh, be a guy that will step up for Oregon in 2023. Then look at the other wide receiver that Oregon signed from the prep level in 2022, Justice Lowe, in-state guy uh, from the state of Oregon. He didn't register any snaps, didn't appear in any games as a true freshman, listed on the 2022 roster at 6'1", 182 pounds. He was drawing some, some hype, you know, a little bit of praise from coaches and teammates alike in spring football last year, from what I remember during my time in Eugene before I moved. But this is a guy that has a lot of athleticism, really well you know, framed, really well cut up body. He's in great shape physically. Um, but maybe just wasn't necessarily needed last year and, you know, maybe kind of got lost in the shuffle a little bit in that wide receiver room, which admittedly was very crowded, but you have a lot of departures this off season. You know, I don't think any of them are more notable than Chase Coda and Dante Thornton. You have seven McGee who goes off to Jackson state. I was excited about him, but he is going to be, uh, you know, trying to do his thing out there, um, for the Tigers. And then you have Isaiah Brevard who transferred. He was a former All-American guy in the 2021 recruiting class, along with Troy Franklin and Dante Thornton. He's gone. We don't have a new destination for him just yet. And then you have Isaiah Crocker, who was a veteran guy at Oregon. He's no longer with the team. So there is, you know, some snaps to be had in this wide receiver room. So maybe we see Justice Lowe take a little bit of a step forward, but he's not necessarily one of those guys that I'm I'm uh, really focused on with regard like like Casper is for stepping up in 2023 that maybe didn't have a big role in 2022. I'm not saying he can't. I just don't think he's one of those guys that I'm centrally focused on. And then you also have to take into account that Oregon added Tez Johnson from Troy out of the transfer portal, 5'10", 150 pounds, uh, Bo Nix's adopted brother. So I think that he definitely has a little bit of a leg up from his uh, connection and chemistry, pastime playing with Bo Nix. And, um, you know, maybe we we see if he can make a, 
make a case for that starting slot wide receiver role. And maybe he tries to go in and, and take that from Chris Hudson in his first year at Oregon. He's one of those many transfer portal guys that's already on campus and enrolled with the Ducks. So I'm going to talk more or less about all the guys that are eligible, I think, for uh, redshirt freshman status. But talking and there's going to be more guys that I think are there's going to be some guys that have, I think, a more realistic shot of stepping up this next year. Uh, maybe from a roster need standpoint or just what they present as a player, their skill set, their uh, physical frame, what have you. So the next guy we're going to be talking about, next couple guys are going to be in the secondary. Let's talk about Jaleel Tucker. He's also uh, from Lincoln, San Diego, was teammates with Jaleel Florence coming out of high school in the 2022 class. He only appeared in one game as a true freshman for Oregon. And Oregon's cornerback room is is one of the more interesting positions on this team right now, I think, because you have some returning guys that have played some good football for you in Triquez Bridges, in Dante Manning, the, the highest rated cornerback recruit the Ducks have ever signed. But I think that both of those guys, they would probably tell you, but I'm going to tell you for my, my thoughts, my two cents, I think that they definitely both leave a little bit to be desired. Uh, from their body of work so far at Oregon. You know, Triquez Bridges, to his credit, he made the transition from safety uh, down to cornerback after being, you know, a ball hawking safety. And and I think he tied the Alabama State record there at Lynette for interceptions. So he's making, uh, you know, the transition as best as he can. And he's a, a longer, lengthier corner than the Ducks have maybe had in recent years. And then Dante Manning's a little bit more of your pro- typical 5'11", six-foot guy who's quick twitch, super, super athletic. He's a former track guy. Uh, and then so are Jaleel Tucker and Jaleel Florence. You know, Jaleel Florence enrolled early at Oregon, but Jaleel Tucker chose to stay back his senior year, the guy we're talking about right now, the corner. Jaleel Tucker wanted to stay in San Diego for one more season and, uh, and you know, one more sports season, I should say, and finish out his track career. So Jaleel Tucker is another guy that has a, a lot of high-end speed, and that's definitely something that, you know, he has going for him to try to get onto the field a little bit more. So you have Dante Manning and you have Triquez Bridges coming back from the 2022 season. But Oregon also went out in the transfer portal, got Kyrie Jackson from Alabama, uh, a pretty experienced guy that I think ideally you would want him to be a plug and play starter type of a situation. Uh, but honestly, I, I just don't know if I know enough about Kyrie Jackson to say confidently that that's going to be the case. It's definitely a different situation from Christian Gonzalez a year ago, right? He comes over from Colorado. There was that familiarity with Demetrius Martin. Everyone kind of knew he was already the best defensive back on Colorado's team and made a case for that in the Pac-12 and solidified that in the Pac-12 when he moved over to Oregon. With Kyrie Jackson, there's not as much similarity there, but I think there is a notable amount of upside with um, with his uh, physical build, You know, right in the neighborhood of 6'3", 210 pounds, I believe. But... Oregon also added a lot of corners in this 2023 class. Roderick Pleasant out of Sarah, Dalen Austin out of Long Beach Poly, flipped him from LSU. Both of those guys are, are not going to be easy to keep off the field, particularly Austin, in my opinion, because of the length and athleticism and, and ball hawk playmaking ability that he brings to the table. But Jalil Tucker has been at Oregon, you know, longer. So maybe he is, uh, you know, chomping at the bit, ready to fight for a role, um, I mean, regardless, I think I'm just super excited to see what this the competition looks like in this cornerback room for the Ducks. Um, I think Dalen Austin's going to be there enrolled in time for spring football. 
practice in Eugene, but Roger Pleasant, as we all know, is a world-class sprinter, and uh, he's looking to try to break some records with Sarah here uh, as a senior. So that cornerback room is going to be super interesting, and we haven't even talked about Solomon Davis and Jonathan Jonathan Gill. Jonathan Gill comes over from the D.C. area, and Solomon Davis is, is out here in Southern California at uh, Charter Oak High School in uh, Covina, but I think he's another guy that's going to be enrolling in time for spring practice. So there's a lot of corners in this class. And then Cole Martin's already on campus. So when you factor all those names in, uh, I mean, you could definitely see why it would be potentially hard for Jalil Tucker to, you know, break in, but he was a, he was a all American as well. I want to say when, when he was coming out of high school, I'm actually going to check that right now. He was four star 94 guy, um, you know, top 150 talent, and um, he was on. He was an Adidas All-American. Yeah, so he he's definitely coming into uh, 2023. You know, looking to say, you know, hey, this is why I was such a highly built guy. But Jalil Tucker, I I don't know. I'm a little interested. I think he's got the speed. Maybe he's a little slept on. Uh, but I want to see a little bit more in-person action from him. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Trajan Williams is a safety that had no game action in the 2022 season. He's another in-state guy out of the Portland area, Jefferson High School, I believe. Uh, another uh, All-American guy, I want to say, coming out of uh, high school. So we, I, maybe he just kind of, um, maybe he was a little bit under the radar. Uh, people maybe kind of forgot about him a little bit. But yeah, he was an Adidas All-American. He was a Polynesian Bowl All-Star. Uh, definitely a playmaker, hard hitter in the backfield. And, and the safety in particular, I think, is an interesting group as well because you have a lot of guys coming back. But I don't think any of those safeties coming back from a year ago are like can't miss talents. Like you need that guy on the field. I think Brian Addison definitely took a good step forward. I'm curious to see where he falls in this mix. Jamal Hill comes back. Uh, he's, he's definitely shined a little bit as a duck, but I think that uh, people probably expected a little bit more from him during his college years so far after his breakout 2019 season as a freshman, had those big interceptions against USC, if you guys will remember, in the Pac-12 title game. 
And then you have Steve Stevens, the fourth who comes back. So a lot of experienced guys, but I don't think any of them have really done anything super remarkable or noteworthy, not trying to criticize the guys, just trying to talk about how they stack up against each other because Oregon also went out into the portal and got two new safeties, Tysheem Johnson from Ole Miss and Bennett Williams for Fresno state. And you know, those guys aren't coming to Oregon to sit on the bench. Um, so I think the Trajan Williams tough path to, uh, to some play time, but maybe we see him, uh, maybe we see him break through a little bit in 2023, just sipping on some tea here to, to keep myself going on the pod rolling solo next guy. Let's go along the defensive line. Let's look at edge rusher, Anthony Jones. He's somebody I'm pretty excited about six foot three, 243 pounds on the 2022 Oregon roster. And, um, I think that he's someone who could honestly carve out a role, could could be someone that contributes for the Ducks in 2023. Um, he only appeared in two games as a true freshman, but you'll remember he was a, a pretty late flip for Oregon in the 2023 cycle. One of the first big additions uh, for Dan Lanning when he got to Oregon, he flipped from Texas. He was high school, high school teammates with Sir Mel's uh, at Liberty High School in, in the Vegas area out in Nevada. So I'm curious to see kind of how he stacks up because he didn't play a lot as a true freshman, but how do you really feel about the depth at edge rusher for Oregon? And I think obviously when we're talking about edge rushers, the conversation starts with Jordan Birch, the South Carolina transfer, Mace Funa, a veteran guy who's played a lot of good football for the Ducks. Uh, I think those are the two, you know, you're hoping, right? We haven't seen Birch play for the Ducks yet, but you're hoping that Funa and Birch are the two proven entities, the two proven commodities at edge rusher. And then after that, I, I think it's kind of a toss up really. I mean, you have Anthony Jones, right? You know, he's been at Oregon for a while. Uh, he's got some good size and, and was, uh, you know, the top ranked athlete in his state uh, by ESPN rivals and two, four, seven sports. So there's a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of upside and then, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, high caliber distinction there, but you have Anthony Jones. Let's look at who else you have. You have Mateo Uyangalele, who's already there from the 2023 class. He's another All-American from St. John Bosco. Um, you have Ashton Porter, who out of the state of Texas, Under Armour All-American. He's not enrolled just yet, but he'll be with the team for 23. Blake Purchase out of Colorado. He's a high upside guy. Um, who else do you have? Tatum Tuioti is already with the team. He's uh, from Sheldon, right? Uh, the son of Tony Tuioti. So there's a lot of talent there, a lot of good names. But as far as just on the roster, there's really not that much production. You know, Trevin Maia was a guy who played some more last year, but I think that he put on a lot of weight and kind of more or less got kicked inside. DJ Johnson is not on the team anymore. Brandon Dorless is someone who I think is is uh, good for a good pass rushing option with his athleticism and, and how versatile he is. But there's, there's just not a lot of depth uh, at the outside linebacker spot for Oregon, at least heading into spring ball. You know, that's probably one of the big priorities for Dan Lanning and this defensive staff. Tosh Lapoy, right? That's his group, the edge rushers. I want to come out of spring football. Who are my guys going to be? Who are those guys that I can, you know, when you start the season off, you know, that's a no-doubt guy that I know can I can put out there with some confidence and he can do something for me. I don't think Oregon has a lot of that right now. There's guys on the roster that could absolutely be capable of transforming into that, but I don't think they have those options right now. So I think all that said, Anthony Jones could be a guy that could emerge and, uh, you know, try to fill some of that out. Another guy is Marion Winston, 
who was from the 2022 class, played in three games as a freshman, only logged eight total defensive snaps. He's the younger brother of Lamar Winston, uh, who was a star, you know, pass rusher, uh, linebacker, outside linebacker for Oregon a couple of years ago. So he's got it in his blood, you know, the family ties. Um, and he was a guy that I was excited about coming out of uh, coming out of high school. And uh, I think he went to uh, Central Catholic, I want to say. Um, but he, he had some really solid tape. Uh, I think that he's another guy who deserves to be in that conversation. And maybe it's hard to kind of, you know, really weigh how much more likely the guys who are redshirt freshmen, like an Anthony Jones, like an Amerion Winston, how do they stack up with some of these really highly touted 2023 signees that are coming in? Because I think, you know, obviously Mateo Uyunglele is a, a phenomenal talent, um, you know, played in one of the toughest high school football leagues in the country, very versatile um, you know, pretty distinguished technique, but how do you stack all these guys up in terms of, you know, being excited about them as recruits, but how realistic is it for some of these guys to see the field? I think with Mateo and Blake purchase, those are probably the guys that I'm most confident are going to be in the rotation, uh, as true freshmen, just from my time evaluating this past class and then looking at the roster. Um, but maybe we do see Anthony Jones and Marion Winston, you know, play a little bit of a bigger role and then rolling right along. Let's stay on defense. Talk about the inside linebackers, because there is absolutely a need for some guys to step up at inside linebacker with Noah Sewell heading off to the NFL after a, a pretty solid three-year career at Oregon. I think his production dipped quite a bit in 2022, almost got like half of his staffs, half of his stats in most major categories. Uh, so that's obviously not something you want to see, but regardless, that's the reality that Oregon finds themselves in right now, having to move on from Noah Sewell, who was kind of a, a defensive general for them, manning down the inside linebacker spot. You get Justin Jacobs, who I wrote about earlier today. He's already being billed as a top NFL draft prospect uh, at Oregon with the NFL draft Bible from Sports Illustrated saying that he has first round written all over him. So he comes over from Iowa, 6'4", 240. You hope he's a plug-and-play guy. That's what it's looking like right now. Connor Soley comes in from Arizona State. He'll add some depth there. And then you have Jeffrey Bossa and Keith Brown as some of your key returners. But at the inside linebacker spot, let's talk about Devin Jackson. Devin Jackson is a, an All-American from the 2022 class, coming out of the state of Nebraska, six two, 214 pounds. He played in five games last year, but he also, including the bowl game, but he didn't burn a red shirt. I was a little bit confused about how that was the case. Let me go on goducks.com and just see if I can um, find the explanation for that. Cause I thought that was a little bit, uh, that was a little bit interesting. I don't know how that works. Um, so yeah, freshman out of Omaha, Nebraska, uh, redshirt freshman uh, when next season comes around Burke high school, utilized a redshirt as a true freshman while appearing in five games for the ducks played in the first four games of the season and was able to play in the holiday bowl against North Carolina without burning a red shirt, played nine total snaps on defense. Devin Jackson did and 40 on special teams made lone tackle of the season uh, and first start at first of his career in Oregon's win over BYU. So I'm not exactly sure how that worked, but go ducks. They are fairly reliable source, right? You want to think and that's straight from the athletic department uh, at Oregon reliable source. They say he's going to be a redshirt freshman, but I think it's kind of a similar deal with both him and the other inside linebacker that's going to be a redshirt freshman. 
Harrison Tagger at a corner Canyon in Draper, Utah, same high school as Jackson Powers, as Jackson Powers Johnson. Tagger appeared in three games as a true freshman, nine total snaps on defense, one on special teams. He's 6'1", 216. So these guys are pretty similar from a frame standpoint. Um, but, you know, maybe Jackson has a little bit more upside right now because of his role on special teams, just being more comfortable with the speed of, uh, of college football. But I think that those are two guys that could definitely be in the rotation for Oregon along the inside linebacker core because what was one of Oregon's biggest weaknesses last year on defense? It was pass coverage, pass coverage over the middle and uh, pass coverage from linebackers. These guys, I'm not going to lie to you, they're pretty light for an inside linebacker, right? Uh, I think Jeffrey Boss is probably like 6'2", 220, so they're not far off there. But at least when you have, if you want to consider them undersized linebackers, I'm not saying they are, but maybe they are compared to, you know, NFL caliber guys, right? You know, a lot smaller than Noah Sewell, right? He's like 6'2", 6'3", 250. One of the upsides that comes with having guys that are a little lighter, we talked about their speed, their change of direction, lateral quickness. Hopefully these guys can help Oregon in coverage a little bit. I know that Connor Soli uh, was a former converted safety. I want to say from the high school level, I know he can probably move pretty well. So he'll be able to help Oregon in pass coverage as can Justin Jacobs. Um, but maybe we see Devin Jackson and Harrison Tagger, you know, lock some guys up this year in pass coverage if their names are called. I think that they could both kind of fill that need for Oregon. That's what's looking most promising right now. But maybe we have to just kind of revisit that once we get through spring football and the spring game. Just a couple more guys we're going to be talking about, and then we'll wind down this episode of the Ducks Dish podcast. This guy's made some headlines uh, a little bit lately. If you've been perusing Oregon football social media, we're talking about Sir Mel's because Sir Mel's posted a, a photo the other day of him in workouts uh, with Johnny Bowens. They were next to each other, and uh, Sir Mel's was wearing a, a white offensive jersey which I thought, you know, kind of made things uh, made things a little bit interesting, right? Because he is known as a defensive lineman. And um, I thought that was just kind of, uh, kind of surprising. Um, let me go ahead and share this, share my screen a little bit so that you guys can see what I'm talking about. Um, so here is, here's the photo I was talking about. If you guys are watching on YouTube, Here's Sir Mel's right here rocking a white jersey, which would suggest that he has moved, if not permanently. You know, I don't want to say I don't think anything's super definitive right now, but he's at least it looks like he is trying out the offensive line position. And this was a guy who came into Oregon, uh, you know, well above 300 pounds in the two in the 2022 class as a defensive lineman. Um, but with Sir Mel's working along the offensive line, it's kind of interesting to see where he uh where he kind of stacks up and then how he kind of carves out a role because Oregon's offensive line lost a bunch of guys from last year, but given the guys that they signed in the 2023 class, particularly Junior Angelou and, and Najani Cornelius, I think that those guys are better slated to be consistent contributors, you know, probably projected starters. And then you have Josh Connerly, who I talked about. He's back. Marcus Harper is back. Jackson Powers Johnson is back. Steven Jones is back. I think those are the more, you know, common names that you're going to see, uh, you know, in this, uh, in this offensive line rotation, but Sir Mills is an interesting option because, um, you know, right now, kind of from, from what I've been able to gather from talking to some sources, he's uh, around that 290, 295 pound range. Uh, but if they, if he stays at offensive line, I'm told that, uh, Oregon wants him closer to 300 pounds, 315 pounds, closer to what he came in at. 
But there's some reason to believe that, uh, you know, there's some upside there with, with Sir Mellis on the offensive line because I was also told that uh, he was kind of holding his own in, in some one-on-ones going up against uh, another underclassman and, and winning, you know, every rep that he took in that, you know, isolated instance. I don't know. I wasn't told how many reps it was, but uh, he's holding his own early on at uh, offensive line as he's working that out. So that's certainly an interesting little tidbit. Try to provide you guys with some some insider intel when I can. Um, so we got to keep rolling with that. I don't like I kind of was suggesting. I don't know if he's necessarily needed at the offensive line right now, but maybe we do see him break through into that rotation. I, I think it would probably be a stretch to say that he was going to start right, but maybe we see him break into the rotation along the offensive line. If Oregon's able to blow out some teams, maybe he gets some snaps there. Um, so that's kind of what I think about Sir Mel's. I'm, I'm excited to see. You know, he's definitely kind of transformed his body since coming to Oregon, right? He was he was so heavy, and uh, you know, with with weight loss, you're usually you're seeing some more of that agility, some of that lateral quickness, and, and overall speed, obviously, and then some strength uh, coming into the uh, into the equation. So I'm super excited to see what this you know trial period we can call it means for Sir Mellis at offensive line, uh, and then two more guys we can talk about: uh, Kavika Rogers. He played in two games as a true freshman coming out of the state of Hawaii in 2022. And then Michael Wooten, he played in one game as a true freshman, appeared in one game as a true freshman coming out of Sierra Canyon out here in Southern California and Chatsworth. I don't think those guys necessarily have, I don't want to say that I'm not, I'm not saying that they don't have potential. I just don't see those guys as, you know, in, in as, as rotational guys right now, you know, Kavika Rogers was a late ad in the 2022 class out of Hawaii. Um, I think that uh, obviously, with your offensive and defensive line prospects in Hawaii, they definitely bring uh, a whole lot of upside and, and a pretty pretty high floor, I think. You know, you look at Iapani Lalaulu, who comes out of Hawaii in the 2023 recruiting class. He's already enrolled at Oregon. I think he's probably the, the, the most college-ready offensive line prospect that the Ducks signed from the prep level. Key words there, the prep level in 2023. Um, so it obviously helps that he's already on campus. But uh, maybe we see Kavika Rogers, you know, kind of like we talked about with some of these other guys, you know, you have a full season at Oregon under your belt, a full off season now, and then maybe you're more ready to, to get involved uh, in, in uh, 2023 and, you know, ask for a bigger role, you know, demand that you got to be on the field just with your level of play. So I think I've went through pretty much every guy in the 2022 class and, and some degree uh, from the uh, high school ranks, guys that can, that are redshirt freshmen that are look looking like they're in good spot or maybe not the best spot to take a step up for Oregon in 2023. But we're going to go ahead and start winding down here on this episode of the Ducks Dish podcast. Very important that you guys lock in with me on the social media channel, social media networks. We're at Oregon Football Max Taurus here on YouTube. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Just created a new Instagram account the other day. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Sports. And make sure you stay tuned into Ducks Digest for all my latest Oregon football and recruiting coverage with the dead period now over. Things are sure to ramp up and you've got to stay locked in. But that'll do it for us. Thank you guys so much for taking some time out of your day to tune in, to watch, or listen to another episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast.